0: And in three, two, one... Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back once again to The Fuzzy Shone as part of our ongoing series of quarantine specials. I am always your host, Jason Flynn. With me is expert analyst and co-host of The Fuzzy Shone Enzo Patriarca. Enzo, how are you today?
1: I'm doing great today. How are you, Jason?
0: Uh, I'm doing good. We're having this talk over Zoom. You seem to be out in the sun, enjoying the sunshine here in Dublin.
1: Yeah, I'm down by the canal. Um, yeah, I'm getting out every day to, to exercise.
0: That's great. That's important, you know. So, I'll tell you, this is an extremely exciting episode of The Fuzzy Shone I imagine we have many first-time listeners here uh, with us today. In fact, later on in the show, we have an interview, our first ever interview with a Frosinone player. A mere six months after we started the Shone, we have secured an interview with star forward, number 18 for Frosinone and US men's national team, HOPE the great white hope of, of the U.S. men's national team, Andrea Novakovic, uh, will be here joining us on the show a little bit later on. First of all, we just want to welcome in anybody who's listening for the first time, frozenone Calcio, our little Italian football team, took the way in the mountains between Rome and Napoli, and we are the number one podcast uh, and only uh, English language podcast that are covering everything to do with frozenone all the time, no matter what's going on. If it's about frozenone and you need to hear about it in English, you come to this show. I'm Jason. That's Enzo, and that's all you need to know. That's basically everything you need to know. Today's guest is Andrea Novakovic. As I said, I want to tell you about who he is and everything you need to know for the interview. Let's go ahead and play that intro to give you everything you need to know. Here is the Andrea Novakovic fact file on the Frozy Show. Andrea Novakovic was born to Serbian parents in the small town of Muskego, Wisconsin, in September 1996. Growing up, he played soccer for various youth teams in the upper midwest of the United States, eventually securing a scholarship to play college soccer at Marquette University. But he instead chose to move across the Atlantic and joined the Academy of Reading FC in England. He would remain on Reading's books between 2014 and 2019, five years which saw eight different first team managers for Reading and three different loan spells for Novakovic. In 2015, he was sent on loan to Cheltenham Town in England's fifth tier of professional football, the National League. However, he struggled to break into a team that couldn't seem to stop winning games with the starting 11 they already had and returned to Reading at Christmas that year. His next big opportunity came during the tenure at Reading of manager Jaap Stam, a former Dutch international and widely decorated club player. Andrea was sent on loan to the Dutch second division, the Eerste Divisie, to play for Telstar. He would go on to score 22 goals in 38 games for Telstar. His goals fired the team to promotion playoff, which they would go on to lose. He returned to Reading in the summer of 2018 determined to break into the first team, but the management had changed yet again and he found himself out of the first team plans of the new staff. Returning to Holland, this time to Fortuna Sittard in the Dutch top division Eredivisie, he once again impressed. His nine goals in 29 league appearances for Sittard helped keep the team up after a tough relegation battle. He went back to Reading for the last time in 2019. In August that year, a few games into the new season, he received a call from Italian football legend turned manager Frosinone Calcio Alessandro Nesta. Within a couple of days, Nova had landed in Frosinone and signed on the dotted line a new contract until 2022. Since then, his integration into the team has gone from strength to strength. This spring, he played a crucial role in the seven-win streak that Frazzanone had in the league, and it seems every time he plays in front of the fans of the Brennitl Bay now, they find themselves singing L'Americano, L'Americano. Novakovic has appeared three times in friendly matches with the US men's national team, and is part of an exciting young generation of American players, which also includes Josh Sargent of Werder Bremen, Christian Pulisic of Chelsea, and Timothy Weah of Lille. Andrei Novakovic's appearance on the Frozen Shona in 2020 sees him secure his place in podcast history as the first Frozen One player to appear on that show. Enzo, you've heard this introduction. What, what is your number one uh, thing you want people to think about going into this interview?
1: Um, we're dealing with a player that is very exciting um, from the prospect of... Sorry, Jason, I've, I've run into a bit of an issue here. What is happening? In, in, what is happening in, down in, by the canal? Oh my God. I can't even begin...
0: We're interrupting our, our our live our live recording of the interview special because Enzo has something going on with his shoe, maybe.
1: Yeah, it was it was recent. I don't want to say it because yesterday you showed me how evil you can be.
0: Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yesterday, yesterday I threatened to leave something in that Enzo wanted to taken out of the podcast. Oh my goodness! You just
1: say it involved it involved pigeons. I'll say that. Sorry, well that's alright. Novakovic, I, I feel like you, you kind of cleared everything through. I think the important thing to kind of mention is there's a huge, huge interest in Novakovic because he is obviously from the United States. So there's a huge English-based interest. There's a huge interest from us, from everyone in the state because of his, you know, because of him as a prospect and the potential that he has. So adds an element of excitement to it, in my opinion.
0: Absolutely. And we are now a, a, a podcast made in Ireland about a team in Italy talking about an American player. This is truly an international operation that we have going here at the Fuzzy Show <laughs> And we welcome people from all over the world into the, the wider Frosinone community, which we are creating, or at least exploiting here on the Frazionone. So now, dear listener, you are fully qualified. You have taken all of the prerequisites. You are ready. I, I, I anoint you ready to listen to part one of our interview, with Adriana Vakovic. You are listening to the first time that Enzo and I ever meet uh, a Frozenone player uh, to have a, a full-length conversation. Uh, now, okay, it's over Zoom, given the current circumstances, uh, but I want you to really just understand how momentous this is, you know, if you're, a, if you're a, a fan of something, imagine you met somebody that was involved, maybe you like a band or something, you probably like a band, maybe imagine if you met a band, wouldn't that be great? So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> let's listen to part one of our interview with Andrea Novakovic here in The Fuzzy Show right now. Okay, uh, so, Enzo, this is a very exciting day for the Frosinone and indeed for Frosinone fans all over the world. Yep. Uh, It's kind of a milestone here. It's our first interview uh, with a Frosinone player and... As luck would have it, it happens to be the only native English speaker on the roster. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know how we pulled that one, but it was certainly easier to get one of the guys who only speaks Italian. Um, so a big Shone welcome, and uh, thanks for joining us to Andrea Novakovic. Andrea, how are you?
2: I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me. Glad to be on, on the show.
0: <laughs> Super. It's great to have you here. So obviously you're hanging out kind of in quarantine right now. You're in, in COVID land, the same as the rest of us. How is the feeling in the town of Frazzinone right now?
2: Yeah the feeling is everyone is just anxious to get back to working and
0: yeah
2: normal life like everyone around the world but uh obviously we are we're just waiting and seeing you know what's what's the next step and kind of just hanging on and trying to you know I know for footballers especially you know like me and I know the lads on the team you know we're working out as a as a group via Zoom yeah and Uh, things like that and just trying to stay active, stay fit, be ready for whatever.
0: And like, obviously for Frazanone and anybody listening to the show will will know this, this uh, crisis was really an extra disappointment because of how well the season was going. Is there a a difficulty there with the team in trying to keep up the morale and trying to keep up the momentum because you were kind of stopped just as things were starting to really pick up going into the end of the season?
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's a real disappointment and it um, we're doing really well. We're making that final push, you know, for promotion and um but for as as far as morale wise, I think everyone's keeping quite, you know, happy and the spirits are off because you know, what can we do? You know, we're just there's a bigger you know, It's a bigger big, issue at play, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a bigger issue here. Yeah. And uh um, understand that, you know, we gotta do what we gotta do to keep everyone safe and healthy. And uh yeah, it's a shame that um you know the season stop. We'll see what happens, but we have to just be patient and just kind of you know take take what take what happens. Really, I mean, and we're we're professionals. We're here to do a job, and yeah, when it's when it's time to play, we'll be will be ready. And you know, the, whatever decisions come forward, you know, I'm sure we'll be ready.
0: Yeah, I, I know. Uh, at the at the top level of the club, I know like uh, Mister Stirpe himself is working quite hard to make sure that <laughs> that things oh, that yeah. things end up okay. So it's good to know the team is ready for whatever whatever happens uh, down the line. So I guess we, I just wanted to talk about a few things. You ended up in Frosinone, kind of after a few years in Europe. Um, so as, as everyone will have heard in the bit I introduced before this, your first stop in Europe when you moved uh, from, uh, from the States instead of going to play college soccer was to Reading. Was that your first time in England when you went there?
2: Um, actually, yeah, it was. Uh, I have family in England, Yeah, uh, in Brisbane. It's, uh, it's near Oxford. Hmm. And um, my family's been there many times before, but I was always busy with like football and and stuff like that, that I never actually got a chance to go to England. And then finally, I, I graduated high school in January. Of 2014, I graduated early, um, so I can go to Europe and kind of, you know, try to, to
0: yeah, wow, yeah. oh
2: so, yeah, that's um, that's how I ended up in England. I I had some offers to kind of come on trial to, to clubs, and um, that's what I wanted to do. So I took my yeah, I graduated early and it came over in January. and that was my first time.
0: Yeah, and like I, I noticed so obviously we when you go into reading, start playing in and around the first uh, in there the first team with the youth teams, all that stuff, and then your first loan spell. Was at Cheltenham Town in the National League. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, National League is so in in England it's Premier League, Championship, League One, League Two, National League. People talk about uh, Syria B being a physical, a physical league and being a kind of a rough and ready league. You are well used to that. Your first stop, you know, at, at like 18 or 19, you get to Cheltenham Town. You're playing the National League. People are shoulder barging you. You know, what was that like?
2: oh yeah yeah it was one of the uh few times i've been asked about my loan spell there. <laughs> but, uh,
0: we dig yeah. deep we dig deep
2: yeah, yeah no um i actually i actually really enjoyed my own spell there um, it was like the first time that i kind of uh had my own place uh i was living in bigs like when i came over i was i was in the under 18s you know, yeah so i was Always with the host family, and uh, when I had this opportunity to go to Chonnam, they were top of the league, and uh, the manager called me up. He really wanted me, and we had a, another player from Reading there. Right, he was uh, he was doing really well, and the manager really liked them, and he became captain. And you know, he was doing really well, and he I played with him like, the year before, and we became good friends. So uh, I moved out there, and I you know I had my own place, and I was I was liking it, but I didn't really play much. Like I I came on. You know my my first appearance, and I like hit the post like four times or Ooh. something. Like that. And then uh, then I like couldn't really get into the team because the manager didn't really want to change things; and kept winning. But I was I was doing really well, like in trainings and when I came on. But uh, you know, a lot of people think that I didn't really like it because I didn't really play much and I was only there a month. But it taught me a lot, you know, especially in the national league. It's it's really hard, physical. Yeah, intense, really
0: intense stuff. Yeah
2: intense and maybe not so technical you know there's good players don't get me wrong it's uh it's more physical and uh i learned uh, i learned to survive you have to be physical first. absolutely yeah this comes after so i really enjoyed it and there was a big learning point in my career so
0: that's that's interesting like one of the things i noticed is um so the manager there uh, gary johnson he was when he was interviewed when you first got there um and this is something that comes up a lot like in interviews about you and like so um like i, I understand this a little bit i'm six foot five and uh, enzo Uh, we could tell you everywhere that we go people only ever want to talk about how tall I am I know you're a tall guy yourself does that ever get frustrating I'm not even an athlete and the fact that people constantly remark on how tall I am annoys me do you ever feel like pigeonholed in that kind of like Peter Crouch way I'm like I'm not that tall please stop talking about it yeah
2: <laughs> That's funny. So um, I used to actually when I was younger, you know, everybody always was so tall and that. But and I kind of wanted to like be shorter. And yeah. then uh, and now I mean I don't really think about it. I mean, you hear different things, like there's different articles, different interviews. People say I'm like 6'4, but they say I'm 6'6. I'm actually like six <laughs> <So, laughs> three. Uh, so the taller I mean, the better. It's just funny.
0: <laughs> then- like this is a your your time in Holland is of particular interest I think in terms of Frosinone because you were involved in number one a promotion campaign and then number two a survival campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you get to Telstar and 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 tear up the league. The the, the, <laughs> <laughs> the Dutch second division didn't know what hit it, um, and and you end up missing out on 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 promotion through a playoff with Telstar. I don't know if you know, but Frosinone have had their fair share of of playoff disappointments in terms of promotion yeah, yeah. yeah so like how how is that feeling when you when you lo- lose a, a promotion playoff is it is it like oh, what could have been this that the other, or is it just another game, or how does it feel
2: yeah that that was my first experience in a playoff in any kind of playoff situation, and um it was just it was so strange to be honest with you because. You know, the first leg, we absolutely, like, we killed them, and we were winning, and we were, you know, we could have just put the game to bed. And we gave up two silly goals, but we still won the game. But we had a feeling like we lost, like, the whole time.
0: Because yeah. the momentum kind of switched back when you can yeah. see those goals, yeah.
2: I think I think it was, like, 3-2 the final in the first leg, and it was, like, 3-1 or 3-0, and they had, like, 10 men, and they, they scored two at the end, and we still won. And yeah. And yeah and then we just all felt like we lost. And then the, that second leg, you know, we we felt like we were losing the whole game. And then we, we got like a late goal. I scored a penalty late on to equalize it. But we would have went through on goal difference or something like that. Yeah. Or, on a, or away goals. I don't know. I can't remember how it went. But it still felt like we were losing, which was so like, I just, I don't know why I had this feeling, but... It was just the strangest thing that we could have won it, but we lost it by just not believing almost. So it yeah. was definitely a big learning moment, but that was such a fun season. And, you know, Telstar was such, such a great club and just, you know, great people, great, great time.
0: Yeah, and that was also the year you got your first call up uh, to the national team in, in in the States. So we'll talk about that a bit later on as well. But then the next season, you go, you go back to Reading. Now, like in, in your time in Reading, you're looking at there's eight different first team managers in five years that you're there and you're going out on loan Did, like who is is there any kind of consistency on like who you're talking to or is there just a new team every time you get there and, and how, how does that environment feel for, for a young player
2: yeah for me it was uh, it was really frustrating um, this change in management all the time and uh, you know I went to Holland because of Jaap yeah Jaap
0: was the longest serving manager in that time
2: yeah and he, um, the first year he came I was actually I was coming off an injury I kind of stayed like over the summer to rehab and then I began the next season thinking I would be part of like the first team setup and uh, he just, you know, he said to me that he, he wanted me to start with the 21s and, and whatnot and, and go through that. So I did and I spent the whole year in the 21s and I did really well, I was top scorer, I, I did really well and I was expecting to, you know, make the steps throughout the year or in the next season and, uh, you know, he... You know, it was bringing strikers in and, and we had a conversation and, I, and he said, Why you know, there's an opportunity for you to go to Holland, that would be really nice for you yeah. to get some nice team football. And I really liked time. He was a great manager and uh, you know, that shows how good of a manager he was because I didn't really play. I didn't really get a chance under him, but I still liked him and I thought he was- Yeah, he's
0: kind really of a controversial good. figure. So he kind of separates opinion and people that work with him, but you get a positive experience.
2: Yeah, um, I had, I mean, like I said, I never, I never, you know, got a chance to play in the first team. And I believed I thought I was doing really well. And yet I still liked him and his staff. I thought they were brilliant. You know, he was the reason why I went to Holland because I wanted to impress, impress in his country, you know, in Dutch, in Dutch League, you know, maybe yeah. people will talk about me and this and that. And then he got sacked when I was in Telstar and uh, there was this uncertainty, but I was just looking at it like, hey, I'm here. I'm just going to do my job and, you know, I'm just going to get first team experience and just enjoy it. And uh, that's what I did. And then I had offers to go Air Divisie the next uh, the next year. So I was really, I didn't really get any uh, feedback from Reading telling me to come back. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, I'll listen to offers from the Air Divisi clubs And um, yeah, we were just deliberating and discussing like what's going to happen. And it was almost like 90% certain I was going to go, to so Air Divisie Club after that Telstar year. I just didn't know, you know, which one.
0: And it ended up that you picked the right one or maybe they picked the right player, but you ended up going to Fortuna Sittard and and staying up. The team stayed up by one point that season in 18-19. Uh, I'm pretty sure, I don't want to butter your bread too much, but I'm pretty sure you were the top scorer for the team in the league that season. Uh, <laughs> no, congr- <laughs> so it's not it's not all the credit to you but it's a lot of the credit uh, <laughs>
2: geez, was it, was a, it was a good team we, we, we weren't we're, you know we weren't you know one point like you said uh, we kind of clinched it pretty early I would say the survival and there was just so so many weird things happened that season with Ajax being in the Champions League semi-final the, the, the league got pushed back so they would rest so yeah. we had like four, four weeks off, like because it was like a break, international break. It was just like a crazy end to the season because we kind of were safe and we had nothing to play for. We had like a month off before the break, and it's just like yeah, just what yeah. do you do? You
0: just kind of sit around and and, and watch Ajax, I suppose.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. But we it was a good you know it was a good experience again. Like,
0: So Enzo, we just heard part one of our interview. Um, I thought it was a really impressive thing that, that Andrea went and took that step from, from going potentially to play college soccer in the States to, to moving to Reading. And the fact that he was able to keep up momentum through that period in, in Reading was really impressive. And we've landed ourselves a really uh, impressive and exciting player here at Frozenone.
1: You know, it was very interesting just to hear how he adapted. Obviously, he was very young when he moved over. So as you can imagine yourself, that's, the, that's a big change. He'd never been to England before and all that and how kind of volatile Reading was at the time. But he kind of managed to keep a level head. I and mean, It seemed like the whole way through, all he wanted to do was play games, which obviously every footballer is going to be like that, especially when they're young. And yeah, it was exciting. I feel like we are getting, we've seen what he did at Pelsar, and I think we're getting that now at Prozulone before, of course, everything, COVID-19 occurred.
0: Yeah, so let's now listen to, let's pick up the story when he arrived at Frosinone, and let's, let's listen to his thoughts on his life with the team so far in part two of our interview here on the Frosinone with Andrea Novakovic. I guess we'll move on to, to Frosinone. So we, we started uh, doing this, this podcast in October, I think it was. Enzo, was it October? Yeah, not but, but earlier that year, um, we had obviously been very excited, just as Frazzanone fans, that, that Alessandro Nesta had been appointed as the manager of, of our, our little provincial team that no one really uh, knows much about. Um, <laughs> but you yourself... Uh, so in, in August of, of 20, um, 2019, we had Nesta came in and uh, Daniele Ciofani, who is the, the all-time scorer for the club, uh, gets yeah. a a big contract, or I guess like a big contract in in, in quotation marks, uh, to go a, a, and play elsewhere and leaves. And now we're kind of one forward down. Did you get a call from from Frosinone directly? Was it your agent? How did the, how did the transfer kind of come about to Frosinone? So
2: yeah, that was the most stressful period in my career so far. I think <laughs> this <laughs> last transfer window in the last summer. Um, you know, I did a whole preseason with Reading, and I was looking. I did a like from you know in my eyes, I did a great preseason. I was doing well. I was the top goal scorer uh, of the Reading uh, first team in, in this last preseason. Yeah, and I was I was really happy how I was playing, but then they signed they signed like three strikers in like a week, and I you know I kind of had a conversation with the manager, and he. You know, he was kind of like you know, this is the direction that the club's going. So then I said, okay, well, obviously I need to you know find a find a different club. And my agent was working, and it was literally down like till last week. There was there was some options on the table, but you know nothing like nothing concrete. You know, one minute I was going to fly out to Italy, the next I was going to Germany. Like, the next yeah. night, it was just like it was just chaos, you know. <laughs> And uh, I get a call from my agent saying that Fosinone had reached out and you know, their manager, Alessandro Nesta, and he would like to speak to you. So I was like, okay, like if they want me, then, then obviously they'll, they'll make the effort and call me. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, that's, I mean one like, of the interesting things is uh. so I read when, when you got your uh, first call up to the U.S. team while you were at Telstar, I heard that you were called up by email yeah, yeah. They just, sent you an email, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, "Is that how, is that how football is done over email?" So I'm really glad to hear that Nesta wanted to talk to you on the phone.
2: For sure, for sure. I it was it was quite funny because I was just sitting at home and you know just kind of getting ready to go to bed, and um, <laughs> I get a call from uh, an Italian agent, and he's saying like, "I'm you know I'm representing Proziloni, and the coach would like to speak to like Alessandro Nesta. And I'm thinking like, "Yeah." I mean, I'm like, well, I Like, I'm just so like, I'm just thinking of my dad because my dad like would just like would just be, he'd be laughing so much that he, like you're gonna talk to Nesta now. Yeah, was,
1: <laughs> wait,
0: D Nesta. Yeah, so,
2: so when he gets on the phone, he's like, hey, Andrea, yeah, and he speaks good English. And, like, managed him,
0: bro, and, like, Nesta uh, speaks English. Is that is that true?
2: Yeah, Montreal. Yeah, exactly. that's,
0: that's an important note for us because we yeah. need we we need to like make a list of who speaks English.
2: <laughs> yeah so um and then he just kind of said like hey like we'd like you to come and you know i really enjoyed the conversation with him yeah and and um yeah i liked what they were saying and then it kind of went from there i think the, tr- the window was closing like on a monday and that was like thursday and i had to kind of like fly out and do all that like quickly and and uh yeah it was a quick turnaround but you know i'm thankful that i finally got it done this great club you know i'm really happy
0: yeah, and there's a story that uh, uh, Christoph Piontek told about when he, he got a move to, uh, to Genoa and he had never been in it, playing in Italy before and he told a story about like he went on FIFA to play with Genoa and like, see who his teammates were. Did you, uh, yeah. did you know who Frosinone were? or what, what was the process when you signed for a club? You're like, okay, let's do it. Like, what is your research process?
2: I mean, yeah, it's like, it's like anything else really. Maybe, maybe you Google it or maybe, I don't know, I had I I heard about Frozen before because I played with a few players that you know were from Italy and they you know you know I've just just spoke, the world is small in general I always say this but like the, the football world is even smaller. Oh yeah yeah. And, uh, so like I I knew you know I knew the club I knew that they're in Serie A like the year before and I knew you know the basic stuff about them and then yeah you like you study the squad and you see you know if you get a chance to play and who's there and what strikers they have and you know who's the coach and and all that kind of stuff and obviously you know when you speak with your agent and, and stuff like that I was just really excited and really happy
0: yeah um I mean Enzo I think you can talk a little bit about the, how how kind of like the the town is kind of kind of away in the mountains it's kind of tucked away uh that experience <laughs> of it's kind of an obscure place to go
1: you know my, my family are from Fresno that's how this all kind of started um Obviously, yeah. like you're very, you're very, you're very close to Rome, but just based on how Italy is, you're very detached from from the city as well. So you're in a very rural place. But I think uh, in the states you're from similar similar enough background. Jason was looking at that as well. Yeah. So that, that was one of the things I wanted to ask you, but I think I, I seen an interview recently that kind of answered it, like, would most of the players be based in Frosinone, or would you be kind of closer to Rome and then commute in?
2: Well, actually, in our contract, we have to we have to live in Frosinone.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. That's very interesting.
2: Yeah. So, um, yeah, we have, yeah, most of us are in Frosinone, and then, or I have a place here, and then, you know, obviously the, the people that live around, they go home more often, but yeah. they will always have have a place here so there are people like me you know this is this i gotta make this my home you know because obviously i'm from the states so but i mean i like it it's close to rome like you said and and uh it's quite quiet in a nice little nice little town
0: absolutely and so the first kind of half of the year and because obviously we were as kind of frazzinone fans we we're like oh a new signing let's see this you know and the first half of the year, first half of the season, there was a bit of kind of in terms of the manager and his and his staff trying to work out what is the tactical setup they want to use. Uh, eventually yeah. settling on the kind of the league, league kind of standard three-five-two, uh, which is like seems to be the most successful uh, formation in the league. What was that like when you, you come and you trying to get in, involved in the culture? Is are you learning Italian? How's your Italian? You know, like that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, sorry. Um, when I first came. Uh yeah, the manager, I came, it was after, they played a few cup games, I believe, and they played just one like league match or something. My first game was uh, Entras away, right. and I came on as a sub, and uh, yeah, the manager was still, he wanted to play four at the back, and it was still, you know, he was still trying to feel everybody out and kind of, uh, you know, get that right, the right standard of play that he wanted, and He's a very, you know, he demands a high standard, so he wants things done his way. Yeah, I mean, it took a while to kind of gel the guys in the way that, that we you know, we went on this run recently with those seven wins in a row. Or it was brilliant. It was.
0: We, we couldn't believe it. We, we had nothing to talk about on the show, like because for us, when something goes bad in a game, or you know, like at the start of the season when the fourth back wasn't working, it's always easier to do punditry when you're being negative and you're like, yeah. they have, you know, they got it all wrong. They have no idea what they're doing. But then you win seven games in a row, and we're like, oh, I guess another good week. That's our show, folks. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No,
2: that's that's football. You know, and everyone's happy when you're winning, but. We were working hard and it was just, you know, it's just, it's football. Sometimes it doesn't go your way. And maybe we couldn't, I you don't know, we couldn't score, we couldn't keep a clean sheet. But then, you know, just that work and and, and just, you know, believing in, in the plan of the manager
0: got us yeah. on track. There was one particular game we wanted to talk about because um, we kind of thought it was a turning point for you personally in the season, which is uh, a game at, at Venezia. Uh, Enzo, do you want to take us through what, what, what we want to talk about?
1: Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna need you to try think back to this to this day. I think the eighth of February, you was traveled away to Venezia. Yeah. It uh, this was this was part of our one 0 I think it was the third game in our in our streak of one 0 wins. Yeah. Um and I you're gonna be you're to need to be ready to defend yourself here in Novakovic. I'm, I'm giving you a fair <laughs> warning. Um Marcus Roden scored a goal I think maybe 76 minute something around that and, yeah. and I want to take you and I want to know if you remember this I want to take you to the 96th minute yeah. because for some reason <laughs> in Serie B there's always 5 plus minutes added on so there was 7 added on yeah. Now for this game yeah. and the night, it's the 96th minute we're, we're on a breakaway you're on a breakaway I think Chano is in support yeah. and um I, I'm watching this game and I'm screaming at my phone for you to run to the corner to see this game out. Mm-hmm. Novakovic, you 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 decided to try go for goal. I think you tried to chip to keeper and it just went narrowly to the left. Do you remember yeah, this at all? No. No. Okay. <laughs> after, after no after after of this. I they, remember. About, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> after this, Novakovic, uh, the goalkeeper kicks it out and they end up having a free kick maybe thirty five yards out, something like that. Yeah. Awesome. No.
2: Oh, he's um, back.
1: I, about okay so. Eventually, thankfully, the free kick went, went over. Nothing, nothing came of it. We got our 1-0 win. And I would say then, three weeks later against Lernitana, uh, where you got a header at home, if you remember that game. I'm sure you do. Uh, yeah. I remember at, towards the end, your game management at the end of that game, you had it in the corner and you were battling off everyone. So my mm-hmm. question is, at Venezia, did anyone pull you aside after the game? Was it a case, if you knew yourself, when the free kick happened that you might have gone to the corner? But did anyone say anything in the dressing room? Like, did anything, was that a moment? Did anything happen?
2: um listen i was
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't tell me if you're on a one-on-one with the keeper you're to go to the corner
0: yeah okay <laughs> that's a that's striker's instinct uh, maybe
2: there was um you know i should have finished there's nothing you can't really i should have finished and that was it but um you know, I don't think I don't think anybody like, <laughs> would have gone to the corner in that situation. But yeah, yeah. you get. I mean, you know, every time that's a, that's the striker. You know, that's your life. Though. You know, if you every time you miss, you know, someone's gonna someone's gonna yell at you. Someone's gonna say, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? I mean, yeah, okay. You can you can analyze all you want. I, I went I tried something and it didn't come off. But you know, next time if I do it and it goes in, then then you're a hero. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So I mean, I'm not really. Yeah, you get yelled at and you get. I mean, by the teammates, the coaches and stuff will never tell you like, you know, don't try something. But you know, your teammates, you know, defenders especially, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, yeah. I get it. I get it too. You know, you have to finish. Got to do your job. You know. You know, if you make a mistake, that's on you. And thankfully, that free kick didn't go in and we got the three points. So. <laughs> yes, yes, there we go. Just
0: barely, we escaped with our lives. Um, and then you then you had a really good kind of run in, like as part of your big part of those, kind of like uh, that run of, of seven wins and all that stuff. I know, unfortunately, part of that was, your part of your run of the team, I guess, was, was due to the the fact that uh, Camilo Chana was, is, is dealing with a pretty big injury right now. Um, mm-hmm. So that's part of it. But like, you seem to have formed a really excellent uh, understanding and an ever like ever increasing level of uh, of understanding with uh, Federico Dionisi. How is your relationship with, with him at the moment?
2: Yeah, it's good. I mean, I I, I like you know <laughs> if you get a chance to play, I think you you, you want to make it work with with whoever you're playing with. And uh, you know, I came into the setup. I'm new. You know, I, d- I didn't speak the language at the time. Now, you know, I'm getting better. I'm, I'm um, speaking Italian. Uh, I can understand a lot. Um, I'm still not like fluent as I would, I would like to be, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm in it, you know, I can understand and I can you know, respond and, and stuff yeah. like that. But when you come to a club, you always, you need time to settle in. And we have, you know, we have five strikers and and the manager likes to rotate and, you know, give guys breaks. And, you know, these guys are older than me. and you know, They need, sometimes they need more rest or whatever. I mean, whatever he decides, I kind of just, I go with and I just work hard and, and I got my chance, and and um, you know I think I think I showed a little bit of what I can do, and there's still there's still more that I can do and what I can show, and I just work hard and just wait for my wait for my opportunities.
0: Yeah, I I think people generally in 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 fan bases and in the press and in the media, people generally underestimate the amount of time and the amount of uh, difficulty there is in in adjusting to a new culture in a new country and in a new team. I mean, people, I think. Always expect, you know. I think some people in in football they expect if they're just fans or in the press things to be like FIFA or like or a Football Manager, where people just come in and they just start immediately do it. Like you know, you're not robots. You're if I moved to to Italy to start making pasta, it would take me a while, you know, to understand that. Maybe that was a stereotype, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, no, so yeah so I, I think it's uh, we think it's going really well so what about that you yeah. get the the <laughs> official Frozzy Shone endorsement <laughs> even you
1: have to you have to tie in the fact that Nesta came in like there was a lot of changes like it, I, it took us six games to really settle into the system and apart from that like I think even though at the start of this the year there was a lot of rotation with all the strikers mm-hmm. even without the goals I thought Novakovic did actually play really well and it was just a bit of un- like things that the stats won't show you there was just a bit of unfortunateness in that stuff but you could see the potentials there and it's kind of yeah, coming I- through fruition. Just before COVID occurred, of course. Sure, sure.
2: No, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, it takes a little time to adjust to everything, and I think every game that I played this season, I've been happy with. It's just you know, people on goals and strikers on goals, and that's normal. And you know, I'm, I work hard, and as long as we win, that's that's the main thing.
0: Okay, so Enzo, <laughs> so there was a lot. There was a lot in that one. A lot, uh, a lot happened. Yeah. We, we, we have learned that, that Mr. Alessandro Nesta, Frosinone manager, speaks good English, maybe even good enough English to come on the number one English language podcast of the Frosinone Calcio team. Yeah,
1: we had an inkling of it, but that was confirmation.
0: Confirm it. Nesta speaks English, confirmed. That's the clickbait for this, for this episode. Uh, also, we kind of talked about that, that famous Venezia game and the chance that was missed or the chance that was not taken to the corner. I think we got put in our place a little bit, so that was fun.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. I I enjoyed that response. It was a good laugh as well. But yeah, he definitely it was fair. Yeah, I agree with that. We were putting our place, Jason.
0: Yeah, I think we we've learned an important lesson uh, as sports journalists here today. Never ask a striker <laughs> why they tried to get a how goal. To do their
1: job. It's because it's what they do. One hundred percent. I enjoyed that.
0: Although speaking about about t- telling people how to do their jobs, I do want to say that we had a, <laughs> a last minute change of time yesterday when we recorded. recording this the day after uh, the interview. And we had a last minute change of time from late at night to the mid-afternoon because uh, Andrea suggested that maybe uh, late at night would lead to kind of a tiredness, a kind of tired energy on the uh, on the podcast. And we thought, okay, I mean, if that's, maybe you're not a professional broadcaster like us, you, you want to uh, move it up, uh, fine. And so we did it. We were like, okay, whatever, fine, we did it. And then we tried to record... Later on, try to record some reflections on it, this part that you're listening to right now. We tried to record this late last night. We were too tired, Enzo.
1: We listened to it back and it was dreadful. <laughs> it was <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Absolutely dreadful. He, not only is he a better uh, footballer than both of us, he may indeed be a better broadcaster. A better person. A better person. We, we really were, this is a lot of personal growth involved in this interview. I
1: think we're learning a lot about ourselves.
0: Absolutely. And I hope everyone listening at home is learning a lot about themselves as well. And uh, Frazionone. And Frozenone And Andrea Novakovic. Now, if you want to learn about the US men's national team and the hopes that Mr. Novakovic has going forward in the future uh, with that national team and indeed with Frazionone, it's time for part three of our interview where we talk about his feelings on playing for the national team and getting called up by email. You're, you've made three friendly appearances now for the for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, yeah. It seems to be your intention to. I know you could still play. You could still declare for for Serbia or for England. Um, it's it's your intention to stay with the with the U.S. team, yeah. Um. Yes. <laughs> 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 okay. All right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Because you know, I think like it's 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 a very interesting time for for the team. I know like the manager and the press in, in the states have been talking about. You got a lot of young players on the on the national team roster there, and looking ahead, say like I know this is like just pie in the sky thinking, but like if you look at say the World Cup in twenty twenty six, you know you're one of three host nations along with Mexico and Canada, um, yeah. and there's a potential there for a whole squad of 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 bright. What, what are now kind of like high potential young players to be in, in your prime. Is that something you you get excited about? Do you think about the national team when you're, when you're in Fresenone or what is your thought process around?
2: Yeah, of course. Um, the national team is always, you know, nice when you get called in. And, you know, it's always an honor.
0: Even by know. email.
2: <laughs> yes, by email. <laughs> Um, is it just
0: is it is it that hard to pick up the phone and say, Hey, we'd like you to represent your country. I don't know. <laughs> Forget about it. Forget I said anything.
2: <laughs> no, it's uh you know, it's a great it's a great feeling when you get that, when you get that call up and obviously you know you want to be a part of it, but you have to my thinking is you just have to live in the moment and you have to focus on what's in front of you and I'm, I'm here for Zinona now and I'm I'm happy and I'm just trying to do well for the team. And I think that your form for the team just kind of dictates what happens on the national team. So, yeah, I mean, we're just working hard, and we'll see what happens. But um, I'm uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always proud and happy to go and, and the call.
0: All right. Well, um, one la- one last thing, we're going to ask you. Um, obviously, we are looking at at this, at uh, trying to promote this this uh, this podcast, but also Frosinone in general. This whole mission statement is to build an English language uh, fan base for Frosinone. Have you found it like yourself when you're like? you know, talking to people, like, I'm in Frazinone, they're like, where? Like, is, for instance, the best way for us to describe it is it's a town in the mountains halfway between Rome and Naples.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but, like, do you, do you think, like, what do you think is the big, like, uh, for you? Like, what is the kind of most exciting thing about frozenone as a team right now? Is it promotion? Is it working with uh, Nesta? Is it the squad? How, how do you feel about the, about the team? And what would you say is the most exciting aspect right now?
2: I just I think that you know we're a really strong squad. We have a we have a good manager. We have good players. We have a good setup um, in regards to you know organization, the president, everything, uh, the stadium. Everything the stadium's huge, that, yeah. yeah. That's everything that surrounds the club is very professional and very willing and 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 wanting to be the next step next to uh you know establish itself as a as a good club in italy and i think it does have that reputation here that's a good club and uh that's really impressed me because i've been i've seen many clubs around and you know sometimes you know the perception of the club is much different than what actually goes on but here it's it's very, you know, people, you know, they want to be professional and we have everything to, to become become a good stable, you know, the club in the future. You know,
0: just, Agreed, you know,
2: yeah. Time and, and um, you know, hard work. All
0: right, well, that was, uh, it was really great to talk to you and uh, hopefully we'll see you. We're, we're looking at taking over a little Frozy Shone, uh, maybe like a, a podcast and, and camera crew and later on in the year to, to kind of do a little documentary on the team. So maybe we'll see you in Frozy None sometime soon.
2: That'll be awesome, you guys. Thanks for
0: having me. Oh, thanks for coming on, man. Thank have you. a good day, Andreas. See you later. You Look out for yourself, take on. Bye-bye. See you. Uh,
1: bye-bye. Bye. bye-bye.
0: So there you have it, folks. When we said goodbye to Andrea Novakovic at the end of that interview, that was goodbye. We didn't do the fake out goodbye or we say goodbye on the show and then we're like, hey, Andrea, that was great. Thanks very much. No, no, no. We have none of those, uh, those manners, none of those skills. We're like, okay, you're done on the podcast. We don't want to talk to you anymore. Boom, gone. Finished. Finished. It's over. And so final thoughts on, on the interview.
1: I really liked it. it. It was very insightful. I think we, we didn't get the classic footballer answers. We got, we got genuine responses and kinda, we kind of got to go places that I wasn't sure we were going to go and we kind of got some insight. It was interesting. It was a lot I thought there.
0: it was good fun too, huh?
1: Yeah, I think it was very, I think it was a laid back atmosphere and I think, I think he enjoyed it too.
0: Yeah, we want to give a big thank you to Andre Novakovic for his time and, and coming on the show. Hopefully, it's the first of, of many interviews uh, with, with Novakovic, but also with, with other Fuzzy players and people around the team as we go forward. Um, thanks to for everyone uh, for listening. If this is your first time listening to Fuzzy Shone, do subscribe uh, wherever you're listening and go and, and, and follow our pages at The Fuzzy Shone on Twitter, on, uh, on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok, everywhere. Everywhere you get stuff, you can see The Fuzzy Shone. And do share this episode if you think you have friends that would be interested in it. Uh, or best of First of all just tell one other person just say hey i listen to this thing why don't you listen to it that's our best way of sharing uh, stuff is just by word of mouth so enzo thank you
1: thank you Jason.
0: we'll be back in a couple of weeks for another quarantine special uh, we hope everybody has enjoyed this interview with andrea Novakovic. um i know i have yeah i guess there's nothing else to say except forza frozenoni